Well, thank you so much, Mark, for joining me today. Very excited to talk to a fellow, you know, sneakerhead and sneaker addict and how we were, you know, transforming our, our sneaker world a little bit. And, and me as a, as a consumer, I've kind of been frustrated for a very long time on, you know, what sneaker companies sort of, you know, produce and what they say they do and, and all these different things. And, and overall, the fashion world, right? There's a lot of, you know, dirtiness that comes out of that industry that's not sort of talked about a lot. Um, so I want to get into the brand you created, why you created it. But before we do that, talk a little bit about, you know, your journey and your path before before starting Comrades. What was sort of the, the light bulb moment for you and in, in the decision to do so? I was, um, I'm a marketeer. I had uh, an agency here in Belgium. Uh, we did some uh, social media for a lot of brands, also uh, on the European level. And we had some, uh, some clients who were into fashion. And um, by looking in those cases and how they worked, I was really surprised about the impact that fashion had on, on the planet. And, it's, and also on the people, uh, because yeah. most of the things, you know, most of the fashion products are made in, in, in Asia, Vietnam, China, uh, Bangladesh. I was also really surprised about the overconsumption and about the way that, that fashion works, you know, with two collections or three collections or four collections a year. Once a new collection is launched, they take all the old stuff, uh, which is only six months old, out of the store, put it in a warehouse and put some new stuff in it. Uh, always compare that to Coca-Cola. Uh, it would be crazy if they would take every six months all the Coca-Colas out of the machines uh, and out of the, the retail and put some new stuff in right, there. Right. Um, so the business model from the fashion industry was for me not really a model that um, that was lucrative or that was good. And then especially if you see the impact, you know, uh, the over over overproduction, uh, the way it's made, the materials made of. So um, that was for me an eye opener. And uh, together with my wife, we uh, decided that could be different, you know, and we saw an opportunity in there. And especially in the uh, sneaker uh, world where you have the big players, uh, but you don't have so much brands that are really purpose-driven, you know, and that are uh, sustainable, especially not at the time when we started. And so, uh, yeah, we decided to create a sneaker brand, you know, and our, <laughs> our purpose was to make the most sustainable sneaker in the world. And how does that happen? Because making sneakers is very difficult, right? There's yes. so many different materials that can go into it, so many different layers of a of a shoe. So when you when you first approach it, how do you even go? Like, what are the first steps of saying, okay, let's, we're gonna do, we're gonna make create a sneaker company, but how do we make it, you know, fully sustainable through yeah. every single part of the creation of the shoe, the production of the shoe, the materials we use? Like, I, I guess talk about all the sort of detail and the process of actually, you know, making, you know, a sneaker that's good for the environment and good for the people who make it. We were very naive, you know, we didn't know anything about how you made a sneaker. We just loved sneakers. And so um, probably the fact that we were so naive was the reason that we did it, you know, because if we knew anything about how you make a sneaker, we probably never started our company because it's very complex, you know. Um, and the first thing that we did is we made some ground rules. You say, uh, we said, okay, we want to, our shoes have to be made by people that we know. So we produce in Portugal um, and it's a two hour flight. So we often go visit our factory. Uh, we have a very good relationship with them. So we know that the people who are working there are working under uh, European European laws. So they have an application, they have a good salary. There are no kids working there. Um, so that was our first ground rule. Second ground rule was that we don't, didn't wanna um, use animal uh, leather. 
So we we start our uh, journey to find a perfect alternative for um, for uh, animal leather. So all our sneakers had to be vegan. And also we wanted to limit the impact uh, on the planet of our production process. So uh, the usage of water, the uh, emission of CO2. It was a it was a long journey. Uh, we had some help. We found some people who are who have experience in the sneaker business, and um, uh, it was just you know trial and error. I think the first four years we worked on making a uh, making samples. I think we made about a hundred samples at least, and wow. then we just then we found out that there was a thing like apple leather, which is uh, an alternative of animal leather, but made of apples. It's made in Italy, so this means that we transport was limited to Portugal. Yeah, we started working with an, uh, a sneaker made of apples, um, and then we found out also that there was an NGO in the south of Spain, which is called Sequel, and they actually go on the uh, Atlantic Ocean and work together with fishermen to get plastic out of the out of the ocean, and they make new raw material out of that. And so, um, very easily, we had two collections. We use recycled rubbers for our uh, soles. And so on every aspect of what we are doing, we try to be as sustainable as possible. Not only uh, the materials, but also the way that we produce. Um, also, for instance, we work for our um, shipping and our fulfillment and our logistics. Uh, we have a partner who works, who is a sheltered workplace. So they work with people who are have a distance to the uh, to the job market, or they're mentally ill, or they are refugees, or they are ex-convicts. Uh, and so th- those are the people who who ship and pick and pack our sneakers. So in every aspect that has an influence on our business, we try to do as good as possible. Amazing. I guess when you were, you know, naive is, is it's actually always a really good way to start. You know, I talked to a ton of a ton of founders who, you know, come into a, a sector that they're not familiar of and it can be a very positive thing, right? Because yeah, they look at it and say, hey, well, why can't we just do it like this? And people yeah. are like, well, it's always been done like this. You can't do it like that. And then yeah. just asking yeah. like, why? <laughs> we talk, we, we, <laughs> that's, that's very true because we talk to a lot of the big players and they say, if you would not have been so naive. You you would have never done it, you know, because we have this kind of production process. We've done it for years and it's very hard to change. So if you start from like a, a blank canvas, you can uh, you can say, okay, this we're not going to do because mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't relate to our DNA. So probably the fact that we had no experience at all um, was a very good thing. I want to talk a little bit about some of the maybe not statistics or or data that you maybe looked into, like coming into the industry and, and kind of looking at you know the the waste that the fashion industry has in it and sort of its effect on water usage, its effect on land degradation and yeah. billions of tons of garbage that that it, it amasses over over a period of time over over a year and every quarter, like you said, if, if they release new stuff. Like, what was some of the data? I mean, the stuff that popped out to me, like 21 billion tons of garbage, you know, it, it's it's really numbers that it's almost not even real, right? Yeah. But it's it's hidden so effectively, you know, that, that people, you know, don't see it or realize it, but it's, you know, it's the biggest polluter in the world behind oil. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And it, it's yeah. just, it's just, it's, it's just quite insane how it's not, it's not scrutinized the way that industry is, yet mm-hmm. it's still as negatively impactful. Two things that surprised me was one that it's the second most polluting industry in the world. I was 
completely not aware of that. Uh, and secondly, in the sneaker industry, uh, 97% of all shoes that are produced are landed up in landfills. I mean, so, that is just like, it's unreal. No, uh, it is. It is. And um, what surprised me is that the consumer is not more aware of that and is not acting like that. You know, if we look at the food industry, we're all very cautious on what we eat and it has to have labels and it has to have uh, all the uh, from where it comes, right. what is what right. in it, you know. And for fashion, we don't ask that question. You know, we say, OK, it's a nice shoe, so I buy it. You know, we don't look where it's made, who made it, uh, of what it is made. You know, that, that that's it's not an interest for the consumer, but that has to change uh, because, as you said, there are um, the fashion deserts where there are millions of tons just dumped in a desert where, where, where people have to live. And that is not okay. So that was really surprising to us that uh, the impact of the fashion industry is so huge and is so big and that nobody really reacts, you know, that brands and consumers are just they're just going on, buying new stuff, throwing stuff away. It's 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 amazing. It's amazing, and it has to change. How can it, and this is a it's, it's a question I ask for all you know fashion brands that that I have on here because it is it's sort of a dilemma, right? It's like you want to do well as a business, right? You want to scale appropriately, but you also want to keep your your ethics and your foundation that you started with intact, right? If, it's easy to do if you're sell, selling a thousand shoes or five thousand shoes, but you know, with then you're you do really good at your job and now you're all all of a sudden you're selling fifty, a hundred thousand, right? Yeah. Pairs of shoes. Like how do you how do you scale while also, you know, keeping your sort of ethics that you started with and sort of this impact model that we're talking about now? It's it's sort of it's easy to to do it when it's you're kind of starting out, but as you scale, do you, are you finding it to be more difficult? Do you have sort of plans in place of like, hey, how can we keep the same keep the same foundation as as we grow as a as a as a startup and a brand? Yeah. That's um you know, because before I, you know, became an eco entrepreneur, um, yeah, I was just a marketing guy, to, uh, you know, and then often you, you look at opportunities, you know, uh, how can you, how can I sell more? And what are the channels that are uh, doing well? You know, uh, you have Amazon, you have Zalando and things like that. But um, as you have, as, as you are an um, uh, or when we change to to okay, we're gonna be aware of what we're doing. We made those ground rules, and and that is sometimes sometimes hard to keep to them, you know, because producing sneakers in 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 Europe, uh, producing sneakers with eco materials, it's about five times more expensive in production and in um, getting those materials than making them from plastics or making them from animal leather in in Vietnam, and so. Uh, but that's the path we chose. And so we need, sometimes we need to uh, let an opportunity go because it doesn't fit what we want to do. Uh, you also have the price, you know, um, if, if your production is five times more expensive, yeah, your, your uh, consumer price should be five times more expensive if you follow a business model. But then you're way too expensive, com- uh, expensive compared to a, to a, a not sustainable sneaker. So that's a dilemma that we're working on every day and that we have to face every day. But for the moment, production, it's okay. You know, we can scale. We can, uh, That is not not a, not a difficult thing. But it's it's a challenge every day to, to keep the balance between being uh, also a commercial company because we are not an NGO. We want to sell us the, uh, you know, we want to sell a lot of sneakers and being, um, having a, positive net result but also on the other hand we don't want to compromise 
the the idea that we had and the ground rules that we had from the beginning of our company. So it's always a balance and it's not so easy, to be honest. When you talk about the different layers of the shoes, there's a bunch of different components that go into it, like a car. You have all these different shoestrings and soles and top, bottom, inside, all these different things. Like, I guess, talk about each part of the shoe and how it's sort of responsibly made. So for our soles, we only use recycled rubber, um, which is, uh, yeah, rubber that is that is uh, collected by a company in Portugal, mm-hmm. uh, which is leftover rubber or it's um, secondhand rubber. So we only use recycled rubber for our soles. We are now working on uh, using soles where there are shredded sneakers uh, in, you know, so it's a process where they uh, can go up to 30% of uh, sneakers which are shredded and mixed with recycled rubber um, mm. to be circular. Uh, our uppers are um, made out of uh, ocean plastics. So we work with this uh, with this company called Sequel, NGO from Spain, and they have a certified product, you know, we are 100% sure that it's made out of post-consumer uh, land plastic or ocean plastics. Or we have uh, our APL collection, which is made out of uh, apples, uh, apple leather, which is 50% apples, you know, uh, shredded apples and 50% PUs, because of course you cannot make from an apple a shoe. So uh, you have to compromise there a little bit. Uh, Our laces are all made of recycled cotton. Uh, Our lining is made of recycled cotton. So our boxes are made of recycled carton. So every step, we try to go as far as possible what is in the market. Uh, for instance, for the laces, you have these little plastic things on the end so that they right. can go through the holes. That is something that we don't find a solution for for the moment because it's way too expensive to have laces where the plastic is replaced by something else. Uh, it's also not on the market for the moment. So, of course, you have to compromise. Uh, you cannot make um, a sneaker who has zero impact, but you can go as far as possible to zero impact. And that is what we're trying to do every day. We try to look how can we improve what we make um, without neglecting our business model, of course, because, uh, again, we are a commercial company and we want to sell a lot of sneakers uh, and we want to make profit. But um, that doesn't mean that you cannot go as far as possible uh, into the shoe. So every aspect of our shoe we're looking at, is there a better solution? For instance, one of the things that we are doing now is when we sell shoes, we sell them to the consumer. But when the consumer doesn't need them anymore, okay, they have to find a solution. That is why 97% of all sneakers are just thrown away. What we have, uh, what we are doing now is we're launching our Rebirth program where we ask uh, the, the people who buy our sneakers, if you don't use them anymore, send them back to us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we recollect them and we have uh, a partner who shred them so into little pieces. And now we are trying to find a process where we not only can put 30% of uh, shredded sneakers into our soles, but up to 70%. But that is, we work with a partner together in Holland, and we're trying to find new ways so that we can um, optimize everything that we do. Amazing. You mentioned the Apple skin or sort of the Apple leather. Mm-hmm. And this is this is sort of the, the outer skin of an Apple that is usually probably thrown away because they just want to, you know, because Apple farmers or something just want to use the inside of the apple to make apple like sauce or juice or jam or something like that. And so basically you guys either purchase the 
the outer skin of that and then that goes through the process of actually making into a material yeah it's uh, in italy in the north of italy you have uh, a big apple industry they're making juice they're making um uh, marmalade and things like that from apples but mostly the skin uh, and the middle part is thrown away uh, and we work together with this company in italy that collect all the skins and they um they grind them you know they make uh, kind of looks like dust you know and then they mix that with uh pu's to make new uh, new raw material um and it's 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 they have about i think about 10 different ways that they um that they work with these apples with the apples and so we tested it if it's if it's uh, durable if it's strong enough to make a sneaker out of it uh, together with them we improved the material so that it's um, it's really ready to make a sneaker out of it and uh, we start producing our sneakers that's awesome you mentioned that you and your wife started this company right how has it how has it sort of been when, when you guys first started this and and talking about it what, what was her background you know you said you're from a marketing background and so that's it, it's good to have a team that has specialties in in a couple of different things right and, and maybe you don't come from the sector but you bring skills into it to start so what was her background and your early conversations like in doing this was there any hesitation on either of your either of your ends on, on doing something like this it's uh, she's also a marketeer. So she, <laughs> she used to work for eBay as a digital marketeer. And uh, when we started the company, you know, uh, around the kitchen table, eh, as most companies start <laughs> uh, in the garage or around the kitchen table. So we in the beginning, even we start designing sneakers. But then uh, very, very uh, soon we said, OK, no, this is not what we what we need to do. So we found a designer. And also, uh, you know, one of the things was we have four children. And one, uh, our oldest son, he is is very into um, saving the planet. You know, with Greta Thunberg, he follows those the, that that movement. And one day he came home and he says, "says Dad, you're really the generation who made a mess out of it. You know, you consumed your <laughs> And I was like in defense mode. I said, nah, "It's not true. You know, we didn't know about it and things like that." But he was right. You know, we just. You know, everything went bigger and, 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 you know, we could travel from Europe to the States, to South America. We could go to Thailand on holiday, you know, and uh, we bought whatever we wanted because, you know, there were so many sneaker brands or so many clothing stores. You didn't have to think about what you bought. You just, it's nice. Okay, I buy it. I don't wear it anymore. Okay, no problem. I throw it away. Somebody will solve the problem. But at the end, you know, he was right. And, and, and we are the generation who, who yeah, have, have, have seen the growth and have profit from the growth, but have never taken responsibility for what we did. And so that's fact that you know our our children were kind of you know teasing us and and asking yeah. a lot of questions and also the fact that we learned a lot about the fashion industry um was those two things came together and we said okay we need to do this differently how, how old is he he's uh, 18 he's 18, 18 yeah yeah so he's he's never known a world without the internet that, that's yeah. that's the advantage right that's yeah. the advantage that he has yeah, yeah. you gotta yeah. understand yeah yeah, yeah. our youngest <laughs> son he's 11 <laughs> 
and he yeah. needed to do an interview uh, with me about uh, yeah internet. And I say, there was no internet. There was no smartphone, you know? Uh, and he says, but what did you do then? Exactly, yeah. And I say, yeah, I don't know what we did, but, you know, um, we didn't have PlayStation or we didn't have, you know, FIFA or whatever, you know? It was not, it was just not there or Fortnite didn't exist. So um, it was, uh, he didn't, he even asked me what, um, you know, uh, records and CDs, you know, uh, that kind of stuff, because they only know that music is, is, is virtual. So uh, it's another world. And, and yeah, yeah but well, hey, that, that's good that they, they know, you know, know how to use the internet to research things and yeah. understand topics. You know, I think that's, that's the beauty about the internet is you can learn about anything. Yeah. You know, and, and and learn that uh, what, how it was like, you know, what, what it's like to make things, you know, yeah. and create things, and it's uh, and, yeah. that that's where this generation could really thrive, and I think has the the ability to change some things because our consumer dollar is incredibly powerful. You know, we need to change because we're taking so much from the planet without respect. You know, we're taking oil, we're taking gas, we're taking, we're cutting down trees. We we just do things because it's for our benefit, and and that's not okay. You know, um, and it's okay. Uh, you know, and we find it okay that people uh, have to make shoes without social benefits or without holiday or our children are working, and it's and that needs to change. I think uh, everybody needs. To take the responsibility i once read that you know the planet will survive no problem you know the planet is strong enough to survive but the people on it will not survive if we go on like this so uh a change is is is, is necessary and especially not only in fashion eh, in a lot of in a lot of different um, industries yeah but especially in fashion because this is really something that easily can be changed if we yep. you know we, sh- we the should tools are there now yeah. the tools are there now to do it properly and better and you can still have a thriving business yeah. and just do it responsibly yeah. our lives don't have to change that i think we always think that there's compromise that's not yeah. necessarily the case i think it just takes people dedicating their time you know yeah. sacrificing a little bit and saying hey you know it took you guys years to develop something like this but now that it gives consumers an opportunity it creates really good ethical jobs you know, and it's not that you can't go to other parts of the world and, and install maybe your your ethics there as well, right? Maybe if yeah. you want to open something, you know, have your factory in Portugal, but maybe go somewhere else and yeah. implement those same foundations and ideology and ethics and standards and just, you know, export them to other countries and, and say, start to show that there's a different way to do this and still be profitable, still create jobs, yeah. but do and, it in and- a way that's respectful to human beings and the planet. Yeah. It's all doable. It's, it, as, you know, we did in the beginning, we did research. What are consumers uh, thinking about sustainable sneakers or what are sustainable sneakers for consumers? And the first thing they said is when they, they need to look good, you know. So um, we created sneakers. We didn't want to uh, create sneakers that are sustainable, but, but we want to make a sneaker that looks good, that is cool, you know, that can that can be put next to the big brands. But that is also sustainable, you know, and it is made in the right way. So it's perfectly possible. It just, I think there's some legislation needed, you know, that, that brands have to have to take responsibility. That is not like a free choice, but that you have to take as a, as a, as a company responsibility for what you make. And especially also find a solution if the consumer doesn't need it anymore. But on the other hand, consumers are getting more and more aware. And there is a lot of news about it. You know, talks like this definitely 
definitely help to uh, change because everybody is aware that there is a problem. Eh? I don't think that anybody is aware anymore that there is a problem uh, and that we need to change. It just we need to change our behavior. And, and it's indeed small step. You don't need to do anything radical um, to be part of the solution. Um, there, is, there are opportunities. You can buy sneakers that are made in a conscious way, uh, sneakers that are made of good materials. You can do that. It's just a choice. I want to end on a little bit about the future. So much dedication and time, years have gone into you know development, researching, and now finally product on the market. What does the next three to five years, you know, look like for you and the team? And, yeah. and what is success and goals that maybe you want to reach in, in that time span? We want to grow. You know, we want to be become uh, not only in Europe, but also in the rest of the world. We're looking at uh, at, at America also. Uh, we want to grow as one of the leading uh, sustainable sneaker brands. For us, the main purpose is giving uh, the consumer uh, the possibility or the choice to take to be part of the solution and not be part of the problem, you know. Um, so we want to develop our collections, you know, uh, making more choices, more sneakers, more colors. Uh, we want to definitely work a lot on our uh, circular program because I think that's a really important part of being sustainable is uh, yeah. uh, giving the consumer the possibility to, to send the sneakers back to us. Yep. And we we will find a solution to do not uh, be part of the of the ninety seven percent of all shoes that are thrown away. Uh, and we definitely want to grow. You know, um, we have big plans. We're going to relaunch in the UK. We looking at the Americas to start there. I think we can grow to become one of the biggest sneaker brands, sustainable sneaker brands. Um, and as, and as I said, you know, give give the consumer the possibility to make the right choice. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Mark, for taking the time. I know you're busy and uh, I'm always thankful and grateful when people jump on and, and talk about their story and mission. You know, it's uh, I know it's very difficult to uh, build something like this and it's really exciting and it's a win to even get to this point. Congrats to you and greet your wife on, on getting this far and best of luck for the next decade. And thanks for giving us this platform to, to talk about our product. 